Welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Today's episode is a Q&A session that was recorded live inside my Facebook group. If you have a question that you would like to hear me answer on the podcast, please send me an email at sarah at homeschoolingforhim.com. Enjoy the episode. I've got a question for you. How do homeschool moms like us, who don't have a master's degree in reading and 25 years of teaching experience, teach our kids how to read in a way that helps them become confident readers who love to read under the covers with a flashlight? Here you'll find simple tricks and practical tools for making reading easy and fun. My name is Sarah Miller, and welcome to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. Welcome to this Facebook Live about finding time to teach reading when you have more than one child. I know that this is a hot topic for a lot of us and definitely can be a challenge because we know that when we're teaching a child to read, we really need to sit down and spend some one-on-one time with that child at least for a few minutes. But if you're homeschooling more than one child, and especially if you're homeschooling younger kids, then you know how precious that one-on-one time is and how hard it can be to find it. So today in this Facebook Live, I want to share some of my favorite strategies for finding that one-on-one time with one child to be able to teach them how to read even when you have siblings. So I have come at this actually from both ends of the spectrum. I have two kids that I'm homeschooling. My oldest is seven and my youngest is four. So when my oldest was learning how to read, I had a younger sibling that a lot of times was not able to uh, be left unsupervised and was a very fussy baby. And so I have a lot of strategies that I use for her. And now I am teaching the younger sibling to read with an older sibling. And I thought that was going to be easier. And I'm learning that it in fact is not. So I want to share some of my favorite strategies for teaching a child to read when you have more than one today. So let's talk about finding time to teach that one kid how to read and um, being able to really have that focused one-on-one time for the kids. And I think that in our house, what has really been successful and what I've seen from other homeschool families that I've talked to and worked with is that the key here is that you have to have a plan for each other child what they're going to do during the reading time. And you need sort of a general plan of like, here are the kinds of things that we do, but then you also need a specific plan for that day of what is that child going to do or what is it that you want them to be doing while you're teaching the other kids how to read. And then you have to make sure that your child understands that plan as well, that you've communicated the plan to all of the siblings And then you need to spend some time with the siblings practicing and reinforcing what the plan is. So I want to start by talking about the different ages of possible siblings and what these kind of plans could look like. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you can go about making sure that the kids understand the plans. Okay, so let's start with like the youngest possible siblings and sort of work our way up towards older siblings last. All right, so let's talk about the different ages of kids. So we're going to start with babies first, and we're going to, because they're babies, right? That's a challenge. And then we're going to work our way up through to talk about the older, older ages of kids as well. 
Okay, so if you're trying to teach a child to read and you have a sibling who's a baby, so I'm thinking like non-mobile or not particularly mobile ages, so like zero to nine months, maybe six to nine months, depending on how old your child is when they become mobile. Um, so babies, I think, present a unique challenge. And really with the babies, it depends on their temperament. I had one that was super chill that totally would have been okay with whatever. And unfortunately, he was my oldest, so that wasn't as helpful. Um, my youngest was super colicky as a baby, so some of these strategies that I'm sharing would, would not have worked for her, but I'll also share what we did that worked. So first of all, if you do have a super chill baby, you could put that baby in some sort of a um, situation where they're just watching the reading lesson. So if they're going to be able to be quiet and not a distraction, then maybe your older child is going to read to the baby as their reading lesson. And maybe your older child is going to teach the baby how to read. Um, not really, but you know, they're going to, that's going to be their, their MO while they're reading and the baby is going to sit and listen and the baby's going to be the audience. And if the baby's not distracting and can be pretty quiet or seems pretty calm on that particular day, that can be a really fun strategy. Kids can be super motivated reading to siblings. Um, pets also work really well for this as an aside. If your child is, is not feeling motivated to read, sometimes reading to a pet can be helpful. Um, but you can sort of use the baby in the same way. Put the baby in like one of those little baby chairs or a bouncy seat or whatever um, and have your sibling read to their younger, younger sibling, their baby. Um, so that can be an option. So with a baby, you could consider doing um, the baby chair, the baby seat, and having the sibling read to the baby. Another thing that you could possibly do that works really well for some babies is baby wearing. Um, you might be able to get a baby carrier or a baby wrap. There are lots of different styles and you can put your child in the baby carrier, the baby wrap, and just have them right there really close with you while you're reading with their older sibling. This works really, really well for some babies. Both of my kids really enjoyed to be worn and we had different kinds of carriers and wraps that we used for them at different points. Um, and you can do a lot of research. There's some really great groups that are out there that can help you find a great carrier or a wrap. If you have a baby and you don't baby wear, I would recommend um, exploring it as a possibility because it can be really helpful to be able to keep the baby close to you, help them feel comforted and, and, and loved and close to you, but still give you two hands free to be able to do things that's super valuable as a new parent. Um, and then if you have a baby that is more high needs, then doing the reading lesson while the baby is napping can be super valuable. Um, I hesitate to say that one because I know that that nap time is super precious. Um, my youngest, when she was a baby, she basically either slept or screamed. Um, and so that nap time was super precious for us because we that was really the time that we had to be able to do things. Um, that was the only time that I really had for self-care for, for months. Um, and also spending time with my son and all of the things all had to happen during that nap time. Um, and so that was a super important time for us and um, something that was really precious. Um, but if you're teaching a child to read and you have a newborn, that can be also a really helpful um a really helpful time just for a short time. Um, and the good thing is that when you're teaching a child how to read, that reading lesson time is actually very short. Um, so I would just encourage you to keep the lesson super short, like five, 10 minutes max, and do it during nap time if that's something that you need to do. Okay, so 
that's babies. So we've got different strategies depending on the temperament of the baby. Let's talk about toddlers. So the kids that are old enough to be able to move around, but not old enough to really understand that they're supposed to stay out of trouble um, and the ones that need the constant supervision. I think that this also can be a really, really tricky age um, and possibly one of the most tricky, although really all of these ages are tricky. Um, but toddlers definitely bring their own special blend of tricky to this situation. So one of my favorite strategies to do when trying to keep a toddler entertained and busy while teaching an older sibling to read is to have some sort of a special toy box or toy basket or some special set of toys that the toddler only gets during their older sibling's reading time. And this can be something that's consistent. They get the same toy every day or the same activity every day. Or it can be something that changes up, maybe a different one every week and they get it for the week or uh, maybe like Monday through Friday, you make five different things and then they get it on whatever day of the week it is. Um, there are lots of different ways that you can do it, but this can be really valuable. We had like a special, a special toy box that we made. We took a shoe box and we covered it with uh, my son's favorite kind of wrapping paper um, and laminated it. And then inside we put like the special activities that he only got when I was busy with his sister. So that was something that really worked really well for us because it tended to draw his focus and attention for a little bit longer than what normally would be the case. And that was super helpful in um, getting him to be able to focus a little bit or at least stay in the same room while we were doing reading. Um, another thing that you can do is you can consider giving your child some intentional screen time for a few minutes. Um, I know that this one is kind of controversial. There are some parents that feel very strongly one way or the other about screen time. Um, I did go and look it up because I was curious. Um, the screen time guidelines seem to change on a pretty regular basis, at least here in the United States. But the latest guideline that I found when I was looking said no screen time recommended for ages 0 to 24 months and then an hour or less for ages 2 to 5. So if you have a younger toddler, this might not be the strategy that you want to go to. Although I think a few minutes of focused screen time could potentially be helpful in this situation if you have a child that will sit and just watch a video on your phone for five minutes or something while you do some quick reading with the sibling that could be an alternative that you might consider i feel like in some cases that can be really helpful another thing that you can consider that we mostly used at our house this was the one that we did most of the time um was the high chair so we would do the high chair with a pile of cheerios or the high chair with some sort of toy that was like attached to the high chair we had a bunch of those suction cups and the little clips where you could clip the toy to the high chair and that way it wouldn't fall off when they threw it um we would do those kind of things and we would have just different activities that the kids could do independently up at the high chair and i would know that they were safe they were in the high chair and nothing was going to happen to them for the five to ten minutes that i needed for that reading lesson sometimes we would put the toddler up at the high chair and then um, the older sibling and i would sit at the table in the kitchen so we would all be right there and we would be able to get the reading lesson accomplished that way um, another thing that you could do is if you have like a, a playpen or a pack and play, you could teach your child about how to play in the pack and play. And if they if that's something that they will uh, tolerate and do, then that can be another thing that really can work well for them. Okay, 
So let's talk about older siblings because I know that when I had, when I was teaching my oldest to read and I had younger siblings, I thought that for sure, once the tables flipped and I was teaching reading to the younger sibling and the older sibling was available, that for sure that was gonna be easier. And I have to tell you in reality that in our house, at least, it has not been. Um, I think that the older kids can be um, just as challenging as the babies and toddlers. And so I want to talk about some strategies as well for older kids, because they also need a plan for what they're going to do during the reading lesson while you're working with their younger sibling. And I think that there's a lot of like jealousy and things that can that can creep in that do not bring out the best in our older kids necessarily when we're having that focused one-on-one -on -one time with their younger siblings. So one thing that you can do if the older kids are fluent readers is you can have whole family reading time and everybody in the whole family can be doing some reading time themselves and then you can be reading with the youngest sibling or the younger sibling um, during that time. If you have other kids that maybe are not readers yet, um, like what Elizabeth was talking about, maybe one of the kids gets a book tape or um, an audible book or, or like a book on, on your phone or whatever um, that they get to listen to and everybody else is reading and then you're working one-on-one -on -one with the other child and then maybe you switch. Um, but that kind of a strategy can really work so that everybody gets to practice reading at the same time. Um, another thing that's really been working well at our house is the checklist. And this is this is what I'm doing right now with my older son while his younger daughter is practicing her reading lessons. Um, and I actually brought uh, one of his checklists. This was, I think, his actual checklist from yesterday um, so that you could see what we do. So I have listed on here the activities that I wanted him to do while I did preschool with his sister. So he has copy badger facts. Um, this is his handwriting lesson that he needed to do for that day. Um, we are kind of moving away from his handwriting book and so he was interested in badgers so I went online and looked up like about four or five facts about badgers, wrote them on a sheet of paper and then he copied them and that was his handwriting. Then he needed to do some Bible study notes and that was something that I knew that he could do independently. Then the next one, it says trash can job. So that is a chore of his. Uh, he takes all of the little trash cans. We have like an office trash can and a bathroom trash can and all these other trash cans. Um, and he puts the trash from all of the trash cans into the big trash can. So that was a little bit to get him to do a chore and a whole lot mostly to get him to get up and move around and take a break. And then he did some math and then he had written for himself play time set um, so that's a toy that he wanted to play when he finished his thing so he added that to his checklist um, the checklist has worked really well for us because it gives him a plan of here's what we're going to do here's the order that we're going to do it and my son is super motivated by checklists so that is something that has worked really well for us and i just write it each morning on the little sticky note and then he marks off the things as he's going and usually I finish my daughter's entire preschool day well before my son finishes this checklist of three or four things and then I'm able to go and help him with whatever he needs. So I'll put his more intensive things um, like the math lesson on this day, I wanted to make sure I was available to answer questions. And so I'll put some of the more complicated things closer to the end of the list so that he can do that. Okay, so hopefully that was helpful in brainstorming just different ideas that you might have about 
working with your kids of different ages while the sibling is learning how to read. Um, if you have something different that I didn't mention that you do, can you put that in the chat as well? And then maybe we can learn from each other. If you have a different idea of something that works for whatever age of sibling, I would love to know what that is in the comments so that we can, we can all learn from each other's ideas as well. Okay, so you've got a plan for your kids, hopefully, um, or at least some ideas of what to try. So the next thing that you wanna do is spend some time teaching the plan. And this will probably take, depending on the age of your kids, a couple of weeks to really get it solidified with your child. Um, obviously, if you have a baby and you're just doing, you know, reading during naps, the baby doesn't really need to know that that's what's happening. But especially for the older kids, the older siblings, and even the older toddlers, it can be really helpful to sit them down and say, hey, look, I need to spend 10 minutes with your brother or sister this morning. We need to practice reading during this time. Here's what I want you to do. I have this special activity for you, or you're going to spend time reading, or here's your checklist. And you want to make sure that you communicate to your child that this is time that you are spending with their sibling. And here are the things that you're going to do during that time. And you can work with your child to make the plan, but you want to make sure that your child understands that this is what they're supposed to be doing. And you want to make sure that the things that they're doing are things that you think they can do mostly independently. So you don't want this to be something that's brand new for your child or something that they really don't understand very well. You want to save those for another time. So once you've kind of created your plan and you've taught it to your child, then you want to kind of spend the next couple of weeks practicing the plan. So you want to make sure that your child knows what the expectations are. And then each time that there's an interruption during reading time, you want to stop and correct that and, and explain to your child. So especially if you have an older one, you're going to stop and explain, you know, hey, we can't interrupt right now. Um, and then, you know, redirect them back to their activity. With the younger ones, it might be more on you to think about like, oh, we had four interruptions this morning and three of them were because my toddler threw his Cheerios on the floor. So maybe instead of doing that, we're going to do this other thing where the ability to throw things on the floor and then get mad isn't a part of it. So really for you thinking about how can you improve the system and how can you make it better so that your child doesn't need to interrupt as many times as they did. And then the last thing that I just wanted to encourage you is that it's important to have a plan for what you want your child to do if they need to interrupt. And especially this is again for the older kids, the older toddlers, preschool, and definitely the older siblings. If they are stuck on something, if there is some kind of an emergency, if they do need you for something during reading time, how do you want them to interrupt? Do you want them to yell across the house as loud as they can, hey mom? Do you want them to come barreling into the room? Do you want them to go and stand next to you and wait patiently until you look over them and, and talk to them? Do you want them to put a hand on your shoulder? How do you, how do you want them to come in and interrupt? Um, and I think teaching our kids the skill of interrupting in a polite way uh, is also really important. And this is a great opportunity to practice that. So just really be thinking through what it is that you want your child to do when they're interrupting and what you don't want them to do. And then also talking about the reasons why it might be okay to interrupt. You know, 
Is it okay to interrupt if you lost your toy? Is it okay to interrupt if you are stuck on your math homework? Is it okay to interrupt if you are bored? Is it okay to interrupt if you really want to see the picture in the book that your ch sibling is reading? Is it okay to, you know, and there might be different answers on those for different kids, for different ages, for different families, but it's just important to set the expectations really clearly up front about what your child is doing and about what you feel comfortable with them doing. So hopefully this was helpful. If you have questions, please feel free to leave those in the comments or thoughts um, or just ideas about how differently to handle this. There are lots of different ways to handle siblings and interruptions and finding time to make reading. Uh, happen in your house and the great thing is that every family is different and so what works for one family won't work for another and so that's why a community like this one is really valuable because we can brainstorm together and get different ideas so uh, feel free to leave questions or comments in the comment box um, and I'll be back as well um, so if you're watching this on the replay leave your questions and comments in the comment box and I'll be back throughout the week uh, to answer questions and to read comments as well I hope you enjoyed this episode, which was recorded live in the Homeschool Reading Community Group. This is a free Facebook group where I share tips and advice about homeschooling and teaching reading. You'll also find community with other homeschool moms like you, plus freebies, giveaways, parties, and more. I would love for you to join us over at the Homeschool Reading Community. Make sure you check out the link in the show notes for all the details. Thank you so much for listening to the Homeschool Reading Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. New episodes are coming out all the time, so please make sure that you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the fun. I'll see you soon.